This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. You're listening to another Big Buck Breakdown from the Element Podcast. Hey, real quick before we start, just wanted to make mention that Exodus has helped us bring these Big Buck Breakdowns to you. And right now is one of the most exciting times of the year. With trail cameras, you're able to just see some of the coolest buck behavior of the year right now. The guys at Exodus... Uh, wanted us to make sure and let you guys know that hashtag scrape week is the follow it's the hashtag follow on instagram so make sure you check that out uh, kind of follow it see what's going on also you can tag your photos with hashtag scrape week um, to just be a part of the whole thing that's going on right now it's a, it's a fun time of year for sure um, they're going to be releasing some cool content so check in with those guys and uh, now let's get to the podcast What's going on, all my woods people? KC and I are sitting in the parking lot of a convenience store in Iowa, middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. in a hole. That's right. And there no. goes a forklift with nothing on the pallet, just driving <laughs> down the road. <laughs> he might he might be using that as a means of transportation across he might town. Be. <laughs> anyway, I got a real quick story for you guys before we get into our our uh, big buck breakdown for the day. Um, we walked into this convenience store to buy a hot lunch and. Uh, it was subpar at first. I got um, some kind of bratwurst that was one of the worst that I've had. Uh, That's the why they call them that. Yeah, yeah, they're just wor- the worst food that you can put together. Um, but uh, I also got like a taquito that was really good. And so I was like, I need to go back in there and get one. And Casey's like, grab me one too. So I went in and I grabbed one. And, and the lady was asking me, I was grabbing, grabbing them. She was like, hey, um, are you from Texas too? And I was like, um, how do you know my friend is from Texas? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I was like, yeah, I am. She goes, oh, well, I just don't hear your accent like his. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We grew up like 20 miles apart. And somehow he, all those people up there just sound weird. You can't hardly understand them, you know. And so 
she thought that was hilarious, um, you know. And so I don't know how much comedy they get up here in Iowa, but <laughs> that was hilarious to her. And so uh, one of the more comedic things happened directly after that is I'm buying these taquitos. She goes, "Hey, um, that's going to be three eighty two, I think is what it was." And I was like, "Okay." And so I pull out three dollars. Like, you know what? I think I got changed from the last time I was in here two seconds ago before I scarfed <laughs> down all these lunchables. And so I reach in my pocket, and there's a flash. We got, you know, we hunted this morning, so I got a flashlight. I got, and the flashlight has a string attached to it. I got my truck keys, camper keys, whatever else I got. And then I'm trying to dig around and grab change. So I find the change. I start pulling it out, kind of with everything. And my pants are a little bit elastic, so they have like a little stretchy feel to it. And and next thing you know, there's like it's my pants are kind of in a bind, and all of a sudden, and a huge acorn shoots out of my pants, <laughs> shoots up like four feet. It goes over my head and lands out in the the store by itself in the middle of the floor. And I was so embarrassed because I'm just like, man, we're already from Texas. Like now we've got acorns falling out of our pants that we've been collecting in case we want to grow acorns on our properties one day, you know, like, and it just shoots across the floor. So I immediately like just hand my change. I don't look at her. I don't say anything. I'm like, this is embarrassing. I got to go get this thing. And I handed the change. She gives, it was all, it was 80, 382 right on the money. So I just grabbed my stuff real quick and <laughs> walked out the door and picked up the acorn on the way out and put it back in my pocket. So it was, uh, that was a more embarrassing thing that's happened to yeah. me. And then I had to go back in after that and get Reese's <laughs> because we sat around and talked herself into dessert. Yep. And, um, she said, your friend's kind of weird. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, <laughs> she did not. She did not say that. But she, she also right. thought something I said was very funny. Did she? What yeah. was it? Uh, we talked ourselves into dessert. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways. Like people with a sense of humor. Yeah, man. They, uh, people, honestly, people that'll laugh at you, that's a good person to have around. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Probably won't have her around too much longer. No, but. I'm not sure she'll be around any more longer than as soon as we pull it into the reverse <laughs> right here. But, yep. uh, yeah. So, anyway, we've got a guest on the podcast today that is just, he kills stuff, man. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, Mike Hunsucker from Heartland Bowhunter has killed the largest white tail that I like the white tail I want to kill you oh, know what man. I mean like if you just could say oh if this deer that you know my, the deer of my dreams walked out this is what he would look like you know to me at least a lot of people like a big non-typical or whatever but this is just like the prettiest and like largest just animal of all proportions that that you could imagine just about dude he's freaking so, toad yeah yeah and we saw like this whole thing go down on Mike's Instagram story and as soon as I saw that where he was hunting, I was like, Tyler, this place looks awesome. And, <laughs> and then, like, it's one of those times where you feel like such a weirdo, but, like, you're following someone's social media so closely because you know they're about to smoke one. Yep, and he yep. smoked the biggest one. Well, let me tell you all something. Don't follow our social media because <laughs> we might not be smoking anything. There's a whole lot more laughing and uh, just falling in creeks and stuff going on on our social media than <laughs> Dropping acorns yeah. in public. That's right. Yeah, That's right. I um, I, I don't know. We were real. We should have got it done last night, man. And that story will come up here in in, uh, in about a week. But anyway, um, we're gonna give it one more try this evening, and we're heading heading back uh, for a couple of days home, and then it's back at the grind again a few days after that. So uh, anyway, this guy got it done out of state, and he does a lot. So maybe that'll give us some kind of inspiration or motivation or even information to get something done. So anyway, let's go. Uh, Get Mike on the podcast here. She's a red 
All right, so now on the phone we have Michael Hunsucker from Heartland Bowhunter. Mike, what's going on, man? You doing the dad life right now? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> it's pretty good, man. I uh, I totally – we were talking just off air just a second ago, and, and uh, we, we – you know, there's like a definite – uh, just calling inside of you that's like, you know what, when I'm in between trips during this time of year, I've got to figure out how to like be a good husband and dad and everything else. So, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a unique, uh, dynamic that we have as dads for sure. Yeah, no doubt. You got to find a good balance for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a tough thing, man. We, we should have you on sometime maybe to talk about that, uh, on a, on a big episode. Cause, uh, that's something that I feel like doesn't get enough press and, and, uh, and is also a very hard thing to figure out. Um, it may take some reliance on each other as brothers to figure out how to become good dads <laughs> during hunting season. So exactly. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Anyway, dude, you had some pretty awesome luck recently. Um, uh, KC actually was the one who told me that um, you guys were, or you in particular, were seeing some really big deer. Um, out of state and and so I started checking in on you and the deer that you shot I believe um, you had some little clips of them that you put on Instagram maybe like a day or two before you actually shot yep. him and I was like I texted Casey I was like dude that whitetail that he is seeing is outrageous man so um, anyway yeah. talk about that deer man talk about the experience yeah so it was a pretty cool it was a pretty cool experience and, and, and hunt overall actually a friend of mine who is a rancher out there in Colorado, um, he actually, they just picked up this new, this new place and they have a ranch in the mountains where they, um, they have deeded acreage where they run, um, run cattle in the mountains on, on public ground, but they have, they're on state ground, but they have the deed from the state. And so they, uh, in the wintertime, they, they turn these, these cows out to past winter pastures. And, um, they picked up this new property that's on the Arkansas river. And, um, he had contacted me and we did, we did a mule deer hunt together a couple of two years ago. Uh, I went out there and we, we had, had a good hunt. We didn't end up getting a mule deer, but we saw some giants hunting public ground there in Colorado. Um, but he had contacted me. I was like, Hey, we're going to pick up this new ranch. It's on the, on the river. It's got whitetails and mule deer. It should be really, really good. I don't know much about it, but you're welcome to, welcome to come out and hunt it. We're going to, we're going to try to get some stands up on it this year and start, start trying to figure it out. And so I, uh, I was all about that. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you. I was you. like, "Yeah, this sound, this sounds awesome." He sent me sent me an aerial. I got to looking at it, and I was like, "Oh man, this is like kind of what dreams are made of." It's got you know just basic big cottonwood river bottoms, and uh, so I, I was in on that. So he uh, he he actually put some cameras up. He's not a huge whitetail hunter, but he put some cameras up um, uh, this year and uh, started and hung some stands and kind of got some got some nice deer on camera and sent me some pictures. And he's like, "Man, I think we'll have a good hunt." And, uh, so anyway, I packed up and headed out there and loaded the trailer down with stands and cameras. And, and we kind of tore apart the property. We got there. He kind of gave us a quick lay of the land and we drove, drove the, the ranch roads and just kind of looked at, looked at everything. And it was, it was a little different than I was expecting. Actually, I was kind of expecting, um, expecting it to be like, uh, alfalfa and, you know, a lot of, it's a lot of irrigated, uh, uh, crop fields and mm-hmm. so i knew i knew that going into it but they closed on the property late this spring and so they weren't able to get like all the production they wanted in there they didn't weren't able to get the alfalfa and corn that type of stuff um so there really was not much food at all there's one big pivot on the property um and that was in uh forage sorghum um and so the white you know the deer don't 
don't really hammer on that until usually after the after it frosts, uh, which it did right before we got there. So there was some deer feeding on that, but um, I was expecting okay, like you know we're going to be able to sit back, glass these alfalfa fields, and really you know see all the deer, see where the where the deer are coming out, and then make a move. And so we actually scouted that first night, and then the next morning we scouted again. And the first night we saw, I don't know, 15 deer, maybe not, you know, not, not a ton of deer. The next morning we saw like two. I was like, man, what is the deal? This is, this is so <laughs> weird. But, but it's all, so it was, it, it was all a lot of overgrown, uh, pastures and stuff like that. So really, really thick. So I was like, man, they could be hiding anywhere. Um, and so we kind of started, um, we started the hunt on one side of the property that kind of adjoined, it was, uh, adjoined the neighbor's property there that had some standing corn. And I was like, they could be in that standing corn too. So that could be, you know, that could be part of the deal. And so we started in that side of the property, um, found a really cool, the deer were crossing. Basically there's this big levee, um, that ran all along and kind of parallels the river and it's irrigation canal that, that runs, um, up to the, to the ranch there. So that's where they get their water to irrigate the fields. And we found a few areas where the deer were really keyed on crossing that levee. They had almost like cut a trail through the levee. Huh. And so hmm. I put a, I put a reconics on each one of those. We had like, we found like three or four different ones and I put a camera on every single one of them. And we hung some stands for some different winds based on what the was in the forecast. And, uh, hunted that first night and had an awesome hunt, man. We saw so many deer. They literally just popped out of nowhere. Like you, you're sitting there, you could see for, you know, hundred yards in all directions and uh all of a sudden you just look up and there's a deer like they just it was this really tall sunflower in this tall grass and they just they just hide in it so it was mm. pretty cool to see that that we were like basically you know we were missing that from the scouting perspective and uh, but as soon as we got in the stand and we're close to that we could you know really see them and so that first night um i don't think we saw a shooter but we saw a ton of deer and they were moving really really good um hunted the next morning and got eyes on a giant, uh, two big mule deer bucks hanging with a group of four. Um, but one of them was an absolute giant. He was a big four by four or four by four by six with a drop <laughs> time. And that was actually, this is actually the deer that I ended up having the encounter with in the, in the last day. But, um, so the hunt kind of went on that second night. We, uh, we hung a, hung a stand for a West wind. Um, cause we, we hadn't had an East wind, uh, before that. And so we hung a stand for West wind where um it's different levee crossing um but uh a spot where it looked really good and uh we got set up right there and had a encounter with the buck for the first time so that's like that night literally it was just like deer started crawling everywhere and shooters big deer <laughs> like it was like what the heck what are where are all these deer coming from like i look up and there's a there's a big whitetail 155 inch eight pointer oh, and then gosh. i look up and then there's a big four by four muley and I look up and then I see this giant whitetail buck coming across the field. I think we saw like four whitetail shooters and two muley shooters, oh. um, all big mature deer. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> did you, at any point, did you think you were dead? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, it, it, did, I, did I go to heaven? <laughs> and uh, part of the deal was, I, you know, well, I'll get to that point, I guess. But um, so these deer are all coming and they're crossing the levee like a couple hundred yards in front of us. And we're watching them and we're like dang man we're like oh we just need to be right there we need to be right there and um you know we didn't none of the none of the deer were coming in range and so um we're kind of like man we need to move the stand where we need to be blah 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 and i look up and here comes that whitetail he turned and he come towards us and 
I was like, oh man, he's coming right to us on a string. And so he kind of comes down and there's some other, other bucks with him, and he's coming towards us. And that's the video you guys saw that mm-hmm. I posted on Instagram, um, where he was like basically coming in, um, but he was kind of going to skirt us a little bit. So I ranged the trail, a little buck walked by and he was like 52 yards. And I was like, okay, like that's my window of opportunity is going to be, you know, right here. And I, I was kind of communicating with Brandon, um, cause he was filming and he was going to lose him. He only had like so far that he could see. And so, uh, I get him 52 yards. I, I draw back and I stop him. And when I stop him, he like gets ner- or kind of nervous and quarters to me. Mm. And so couldn't take a shot. I was like, man, I was like, he's just scored too hard at that distance, you know, an alert deer. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to take that shot. And, um, so then he takes a few more steps. I stop him again. He does the same thing. Um, and then he starts to leave. I stop him, try to stop him a third time. He kind of trots off and I was just like crushed. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like that. That whitetail is like I don't know what it, I don't know what it was about him. I mean, obviously he's big, but just oh, his body oh, is yeah. huge. Oh, he's a his neck, Ugh. literally just one of those deer that just like uh, makes you quiver. And I was just like, Josh, man, like, like you know, those opportunities. I, I I hunt enough to realize like those opportunities don't come very often. Like mm-hmm. they don't happen very often. And like you know, it's it's all it's one. I like I always try to be optimistic and think like all right, like, you know, we're going to stay after it. We're going to get a shot at this deer. Like we just, I mean, we had, we did have this amazing night, like literally the most amazing night of my life in the stand. And, uh, and and so I, you know, I was optimistic, but at the same time, I'm, I'm realistic. You know, I realized like those deer don't slip up very often and he, he didn't spook terribly. Um, you know, he just kind of tried it off and didn't didn't really know what was going on. But, um, but, uh, so I, you know, I I tried to remain optimistic, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty real about, you know, Mm-hmm. knowing that it may never happen, may never happen. So, um, actually that's, so that same night, um, then the, one of the shooter, the shooter four by four muley comes, comes on that, uh, from the North of us a little ways and ends up getting to like 30 yards and it's just, uh, around like, but he's behind the tree, Brandon can't film him. Right. And it was getting real dark, you know? And then at last light, the, the, the reason we set the stand that we were in, it never uh, was because two mule deer crossed that levee that morning on his trail camera going back to bed. And, uh, so that's why we set that stand that evening. And it sure is sure enough, here they come last light. They come out. It was super like dark, dark. We were like packed up basically. And they, uh, they walked right by the stand that like one was like 20, the other one was 30. So like we yeah. had four different mature deer in range. That <laughs> evening. Oh. And, uh, so yeah. And that mule deer, I could have shot the mule deer. No problem. If we weren't filming, mm-hmm. you know, it was still legal light and everything. But anyway, so yeah, we were like, kind of like wow what a night you know and so the next uh the next day we hunted not and didn't see hardly anything the next uh the next evening we hunted and same thing just a few deer and a couple days went on of that and it was just like really slow and like no deer movement and we we're kind of wondering like what the heck's going on was that a fluke and like almost <laughs> it, was, it was weird it was weird that they were all together to me in the first place like yeah not not, not necessarily together but they were all you know within 500 yards of each other kind of in a in an area and i was like that was weird and i got to thinking i was like man that morning before we saw those deer the neighbor rancher was uh cutting out his alfalfa next to that standing corn i was like i bet he ran them out of that corn and they came and they all bedded on our side and you know i was like i bet that's what happened they and then they got up and they were all you know kind of together i, I don't know i just was i was trying to think of why how, how it could go from so good to so bad so quick and i was just like man this is just weird we're not seeing these deer and i'm thinking man are we 
pressuring them? Are we doing too much? You know, what, what's the deal? And so, uh, you know, I said, the only thing we can do is continue to hunt hard and, and keep running cameras and kind of see. And, you know, that, that whitetail had avoided avoided cameras all, all week long. Never, never got a picture of them at all whatsoever. Wow. And uh, same thing with that drop time mule deer, but I was still getting some of the other bucks on, on camera. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, we'll just keep, keep at it. And so, we uh, hung a couple other stands, hung a different, few different spots, and just kind of same results. But um, on that, uh, I guess it would have been the sixth, sixth day. Um, that morning we hunted really slow, didn't see much, and so we decided uh, we finally were getting the east wind, so we can get back and hunt that first stand that we hung the first day and had that really good hunt. And I was like, man, let's just give that one a shot. You know, we didn't see a shooter out of it the first day, but those deer could easily you know, easily come down there and use that. And, and that was the most active trail camera that we had out of all of them really was, uh, was that levee crossing there. So there was the most, most daylight activity there. So we got in the stand set up and here we go. It was another one of those like insane nights all of a sudden, like mm. for whatever reason, they just start popping up everywhere. And so the first buck I see is a bit, that big eight pointer that we saw the first, uh, or that the, the first crazy night we had and like a mid fifties, eight pointer. And he's, uh, out in, out in the, in the wide open he's actually nosing bumping a doe around and uh i was like oh yeah he's pushing that pushing that doe around and and they they were acting like they were going to cross the levee down from us a little ways so we watched him and that eight pointer comes across and makes a big rub and starts scraping a tree tearing a tree apart and then i lose sight of him i'm like dang it he's not they're not going to come and um so i'm sitting there i'm like oh there he is he's coming back out and i look up and i put my binoculars on that same like tree he was rubbing that bush he was rubbing and i was like oh that's not him it's a it's a big four by four muley and the muley was there making, making a rub and thrashing it all around. <laughs> mm. And so I don't know if you guys have ever been on an area where there's both, but they definitely are really territorial. They don't like each other. And yeah. so, um, uh, they were kind of, I think showing, showing that off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so the, uh, the mule deer four by four comes out and I'm like, Oh yeah, he's coming our direction a little ways. And so he, he kind of works our way, but he stays, stays wide of us about, couple hundred yards 150 yards and uh it's starting to light starting to dwindle i'm like man hopefully that eight pointer is going to show back up coming down the creek whatever and starting to starting to wonder i look up i see a another mule deer i put my binoculars on it i'm like oh my gosh it's that drop time buck and i never got a great look at that drop time uh buck before and the mule deer and and uh i saw him that that first morning we hunted but i didn't get a great look at him and he avoided so i didn't really know but he was a magnet giant frame six by four like a you know 190 200 inch mule deer i'm like holy cow and he's like (laughs) literally beelining for us and like you could just tell like you know there's only like i said there's only like so many of those buses there and he was like coming right to us i'm like oh my gosh here he comes and so i'm watching him and he's behind a tree from brandon and so i'm watching him for a couple minutes and he's just coming our way feeding and i turn around to tell brandon to kind of explain to him where exactly the deer is and that giant whitetail buck is standing there, like downwind at 30 yards, like staring oh, at us. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. I'm like, don't move. Don't move an inch. And, like, he wasn't staring. He was not looking up at us, but he was looking directly our way, and he was putting his nose up in the air. Like, he he knew something wasn't quite right, you know. And we mm-hmm. obviously, you know, practice scent control as best we can. We spray down. We actually were running, uh, you know, an ozonics, too. And, like, you know, I don't know all that stuff i'm just kind of like under the impression of like it can't hurt kind of deal mm-hmm. um but whatever it was 
you know, he wasn't directly downwind. Well, he was, you know, he was, the wind was kind of swirling a little bit, but he wasn't directly, quite directly downwind. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just knew something was up and it wasn't right. And I was like, oh my gosh, don't move. And so finally he looks away and Brandon is able to adjust the camera, swing the camera around and get on him. I grab my bow and he looks back and then he looks away and he looks back. And so it's like a stare down where there's like a nervous wreck and I'm thinking he's going to leave. And so I, I was like, all right, first opportunity to draw, I'm going to draw. And so like a first sign of any movement. And so he finally, after like a minute and a half, two minutes kind of looking around, he takes a few steps forward. And so I draw back really quick as fast as I can, you know, as smoothly as I can and get drawn back. No problem. So he just stands there and stands there and, I, we looked back at the footage later that evening. I was drawn back for a minute and 50 seconds Ooh. and I was just starting to shake. And I was like, this is not good, you know? And, and, uh, but I knew like I had a feeling if he left, he was going to leave quick and turn. And I only had like basically two feet to his left to shoot before, um, I would, lo- I would lose my, my windows of sight. And so I was like, I got to be ready. So, uh, Anyway, he so I let down. Whenever he looks away, I let down super, super slowly, and and uh, didn't didn't spook him at all. And at that time, I'm like, I better check on that mule mule deer because he was coming right to us. <laughs> I look I look over to my right, and I'm like, oh my god, there he is. He's 30 yards and walking up the levee like right to us. And so I, I'm telling Brandon this. I'm like whispering in my my wireless mic. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, here comes a muley. Which he can't move though. Like that whitetail had us pinned. We couldn't move. And so I'm trying, like, all these thoughts are going through my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I wanted to shoot the whitetail, like, no mm-hmm. doubt. And, you know, it's, like, it's hard to say. It's hard to, it's hard to pick between <laughs> what are the odds you think you'd be, you know, presented with that, that choice to pick between a 190 muley and a, two, and a 180 whitetail. But, uh, but I was like, okay. But also, like, I'm not dumb. Like, first opportunity I get, I'm taking. So either deer. Mm-hmm. But we just couldn't move to get on the, on the mule deer. So. About that time, that mule deer pops up on the levee like 25 yards, and that buck sees him. You know, and the whitetail buck sees him. He kind of like postures up, and, and and it's like, oh, what's going on here? You know, and, starts, and like I could tell his demeanor completely changed. It's like I got my bow ready to draw back again, and sure enough, here he comes. He takes a few steps. I draw back, and he's like to us. But then he turns to walk right down the road. Uh, there's like a, a, a ranch road on the levee there, and uh, he turns to walk down the road to go towards that mule deer finally got broadside and i just held it behind his shoulder touched it off and watched the arrow just looked like a perfect shot i was like we lost it man we were so jacked in the tree the mule deer runs off to like 80 yards and i like you know got my binos and look at him but he didn't really know what happened but we just absolutely lost it i was like oh just the shot everything just looked perfect i was so jacked mm. and uh so we we pack everything up and we, we look back at the footage i was like let's look at the footage i was like, I was like i'm 90 percent sure you know, it was a perfect shot. I heard him run off sometimes, you know, when you when you double lung a deer, you can hear the lungs just sloshing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's done for. So we play the footage back, and I'm, like, watching it, and he runs off. I see my arrow sticking out of him. I'm like, oh, no. And so, like, I play it back frame by frame, and I see, oh, my gosh, I hit him in the shoulder. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So my stomach just, like, starts turning. I was like, it went from, like, elation to like oh yeah no problem we're gonna find him he's not gonna make it anywhere they're like oh my gosh like hit him in the shoulder like it's you know i'm shooting a two inch kill zone expandable broadhead which is a big broadhead not one you want to necessarily hit him in the shoulder with but i'm also shooting like 
heavy 475 grain arrow and i'm shooting that i was shooting that realm sr6 so it's pretty fast so like a lot of kinetic energy so and it was 18 yards so i was like all right like come on you know but it was the light had not turned off though the second it hit him and so you just could not tell oh. the penetration and i was like oh man so it was a mix of emotions and so i'm like all right let's get down we waited probably i called my wife and called tony and and you know told, told him the story and then we waited you know probably an hour and uh got down and start looking for blood and i start finding a little bit of blood a little bit of blood and all of a sudden i find some blood and i'm like looks i'm almost certain looks like two sides like it's coming out both sides i'm like oh that's a great sign you know mm. and uh i didn't want to push it though i didn't want to bump him and so you know i'd gone only like 15 yards and i go about five more yards and i find the arrow laying there it came out and so i grab the arrow look at it and it looks like i got about 18 inches or maybe you know two feet of penetration i was like oh yeah i was like this is no problem he, he's done for so i was like i'm gonna go a little a little further but it's it's it was like it's super dry there and everything's crunchy and loud and so i was still a little hesitant to push it too hard but i wanted to see what the blood looked like once he uh once the arrow fell out and it didn't take long to see like once once he slowed down a little bit the uh blood was coming out of both sides it was gushing pretty good i was like oh yeah he's gonna be right up here and sure enough we go about 50 well probably 100 more yards he probably went about 150 yards total and uh there he was laying there in the grass i could could not believe it man it was oh man it was a surreal surreal experience and feeling for sure that's crazy man that's uh yeah i, I guarantee you there will be a story or a question that comes up on our trip to iowa here soon that uh is similar to what you encountered where it's like all right a 190 mule deer shows up and you have also a 180 whitetail in range. What do you shoot? You know, like that's just something that you just do, you know, in the truck and you never really think it's going to happen. And it actually happened to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally both, both the biggest, biggest deer of my life, either one of them, both, you know, biggest whitetail of my life, biggest mule deer of my life, both standing there, both in bow range like that. You know, that's just, you don't even drink. Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's crazy. That's nuts. So Unreal. cool. So cool. So when you, um, I know, um, I like the way you guys go about it, man. Like, um, in a game that seems to be like so much about just like public land and you hear all this big hype about it, you guys still are like getting permission and going and hunting private and just, and you know, just like still scouting, still hanging stands, still moving stands, still putting up cameras and figuring deer out like that. It's still, it's real hunting. You know what I mean? It's still the, it's still the real deal. And so I guess for me, as I've watched you guys throughout the years, I see you go and hang stands, uh, kind of prior to a hunt. A lot of times, um, you know, how can you talk about that process of like what you guys, uh, why you guys are hanging stands and like, how long does that take? Do you lose a whole day when you get somewhere basically hanging stands and cameras and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, honestly we do it all. We like, I love hunting public ground. I love hunting, you know, we, we hunt public, we hunt, private we hunt stuff we lease we hunt stuff we own we hunt stuff we have permission on we, sure. do, we do it all we hunt with outfitters we, we do it a little bit all and uh you know i'm not i, I i'm i'm for everything you know i sure. love it all and yeah it's funny you know because I, I got a few comments about that deer like people like oh yeah nice i'm glad the outfitter had them tied up for you kind of deal like in, like kind of like low blows kind of like they're yeah. just like oh cool big big deer but it was an outfitter and basically you know they just put you in the tree and you killed it yeah and, uh, you know, that, that was, you know, couldn't be any further from the case. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to hunt, you know, this, this piece of 
this, this private property, but, uh, and my buddy Tony, obviously, you know, had been there and, and put some cameras up during the summertime and, and some stands up and, you know, obviously, you know, was able to give me some information to get started, but I don't even know if Tony had hunted it yet. I don't think he had hunted it yet, maybe once or twice. So like, really, we had no information at all. A uh, few trail camera, you know, pictures to look at, but basically nothing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when we, when, and I, and I actually enjoy that. So you talk about like the, the, you know, the stand hanging and scouting and like, for me, like that, all that stuff is what makes it so rewarding in the end. Mm-hmm. If I just showed up like and went to an outfitter and he's like, Oh yeah, this buck's been uh, coming to this corn pile for, you know, six out of the last eight nights. So just sit here, you're good to go and you shoot the deer. Even if it was a 200 inch deer, like what, is, you know, it doesn't really mean as much to you that way, you know? So mm-hmm. I enjoy that whole aspect, but yeah, it definitely is time consuming. And so, yeah, we got there. We, we drove out, we left early Monday morning, drove all day, got there uh, Monday afternoon. And, uh, basically went checked out the property um hung some trail cameras and uh then that evening we we spent uh oh no actually we didn't get cameras up the first day we just we just kind of drove drove the property took a look at it and then we uh scouted that evening next Mm -hmm. morning got up scouted again that morning um and then that midday we went and started hanging some cameras hanging some stands we found those levee crossings and uh so yeah we we the first yeah the first uh evening and first morning we spent just you know, hanging cans, uh, stand the cameras. And then, you know, we hunted that evening and then the next morning. So we, we made sure we hung two stands at least that we could hunt that first evening, the next morning. And then after we hunted the next morning, you know, we went and hung another stand and it was kind of, it's kind of a repetitive deal every day. We were, you know, checking cameras. Unfortunately, it, it's a, um, it's a, uh, I was talking about the irrigation on these ranches and how all the irrigation is all around there. And so like, there's, there's like some, uh, uh, pumps and pump houses and like there's guys that come and like check the pump houses mm-hmm. and so like fortunately these deer are used to a little bit of like are used to farm traffic mm-hmm. and so um we were able to which was huge because we were able to basically drive the ranch road every day and drive right to the cameras check the cameras we weren't walking around intruding mm-hmm. you know and uh causing a bunch of uh that's what i was like when i was starting to think about it i was like man are we bumping these deer are we putting too much pressure on them? like we can't be we're not really you know we're not really you know, doing anything outside of the truck. Sure. And these deer are bedding, they bed in like these, you know, out in these grass holes, basically. Like they're, they're not <laughs> hearing anything. It's windy. It's, it's, they're, not, they're, they're thick and they can't see anything. So they can't see anything. They're not hearing anything. I was like, there's no way. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, but it was awesome because yeah. we were able to check cameras literally every day. And, uh, that's not usually the case. So, yeah. Um, you know, I talked, I talked to Tony. I was like, man, you, uh, if you guys are going to set this farm up and hunt it, you know, long-term, obviously their focus is the cattle ranching, but he, he is a hunter and, and likes to hunt. I said, you would be, it'd be worth every penny to get some cell cameras up on this place on a few of those like key levee crossings. Cause you would have all that information. You wouldn't even have to, cause he doesn't live on that, on the ranch. He lives in the mountains, you know, a couple hours away. So like you'd have all that information right there. And when you were able to hunt, if you wanted to get out and go like, man, it'd be so awesome. Dude, can uh, uh, Tony give me some advice on how to live his life? You know what I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live in the mountains yeah. and hunt big deer, you know, uh, on the plains or whatever. That'd yeah. be pretty awesome. Bust his tail though. He's a hardworking guy. He uh, he doesn't get a lot of time to hunt. So when he yeah. does, he tries to take advantage of it. Sure. Days here and there. So yeah, for, for sure, man. Um, <laughs> I, I hate that you guys have to do this, and I know you've dealt with it for years now, probably. Um, but it's, it's kind of sad to me that you ha- you even have to defend, uh, the way you guys hunt, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and we, we have 
people that sometimes, you know, say things to us and it's just like, you know, man, why are you even making this underhanded comment? You know, and, and I know you guys probably yeah. deal with it on an exponentially bigger level than we do. Um, you know, are you, do you try to go through comments like that and, and inform people sometimes, or is it, has it gotten to the point where, you know what, it's wasting time away from my family or something like that? No, I, I, I always try to address it because a lot of times people like they, they have these emotions or feelings and they like, you know, they're behind a keyboard and they like to, like, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to say what I want, what I want, what I want to say. And, and, but I found so many times that if you literally address those comments and talk to people 90% of the time, they literally change their tune instantly mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, Oh yeah, I see where you're coming from. And like, Oh yeah, I love the show, man. Love the show. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like they don't think you're going to answer. And yeah. they answer, they're like, Oh, Oh wow. He answered like, Oh cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I, don't, I hate that. Like, like we're all on the same team, like public, yeah. private, like outfitter, like uh, there, there are extremes, but sure. you know, like if, you know, to each their own, you know, if you're happy with, you know, but what, what y'all are doing do is not radical, you, you know, it's not like radically no, one way or the not. other, you know? No. So, no. And, and like, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not for bashing other people and taking away from whatever they're proud about. I mean, sure. if, they, if you want to shoot a, shoot a, you know, three by three, two year old mule deer and you're you know, stoked about it, and that's so be it. Like that's, it's all about, it's all personal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's about just having fun, loving to do it, and uh, yep. you know, I like what you said about not about not about bashing anyone, and really, it's just, you know, some people just to get jealous because maybe yeah. they have to work that day and you don't, you or know, or because you have a one ninety and yeah, one eighty, right. <laughs> <laughs> like like I'm jealous yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> man, honestly, like that. When when you started that Instagram story, like I didn't care if you shot a big deer or not. I just was living through it because when I dream about deer hunting, it is in a cottonwood bottom in the plains. Like like it is the coolest place ever, man. It's so beautiful, and I love you know the way deer act there and stuff like that. But um, it sounds like you didn't have a lot of information about you know how what you were getting into, you know, size wise on or quality of animals, you know. So like, how did yeah. you manage that? Once you start seeing like, oh, there's a 155.8. Oh, look, there's a 190 mule deer. Like, how do you, I guess, maintain your composure and then also actually decide, you know, what you're going to target and what's going to make you happy whenever, I guess, your expectations, they probably weren't low, but they probably weren't as high as what you achieved, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I didn't, going into it, didn't know what to expect. And that's why I like to spend uh, a lot of time scouting ahead of time. Like, I was like, I want to get a lay of the land. You know, I want to see what quality of deer are on the place. Cause obviously, you know, I want to kill the biggest, most mature deer there is, you know, that's, that's, that's my end goal. But mm-hmm. does that always happen? Like, no, you know, it's not, not always the case, but you want you want to get an idea of what to expect and, and set your, set your standards realistically. So, you know, if I got there and scouted and, and, you know, didn't see a whole lot of big deer and, you know, 140 inch mature deer comes by, you know, I'm, I'm shooting them obviously. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's every, you know, property situation is unique. And, um, you know, at that point in the hunt, you know, I was, uh, it was the sixth day and I had, you know, had that one incredible night, but that was basically it. And I was like, man, like, I don't know if we're going to get an opportunity. Like, it seems like that was a fluke. Mm -hmm. Like, was that just a fluke? What was the, what's the deal? And so, um, you know, we we were, all these things were, you know, going through our head and, um, you know, I can assure you, I was not going to pass an opportunity at, any mature whitetail or mule deer that came by at that point, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, not going to be, not going to be choosy, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course in the back of my mind, obviously I would, lo- would love to kill that, that whitetail. That was, that was my, 
I had my, my heart set on after that first night and then slowly yeah. I'd kind of like, okay, maybe it's not going to happen, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. We always, you know, depending on the, on the property, kind of just try to get an idea of what, what's on there and, and then, uh, you know, set our standards or our sights on, on, you know, whatever we think after that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How much, and I know this is kind of a touchy thing sometimes, but, uh, you know, you're in the business of, of making TV about hunting, right? So it's, it's yep. everything you do is partially a business choice, right? So how much does that ever play into like, you know what, man, I'm going to sell out and try to go kill this, you know, giant 180 white tail. And if I have to eat the tag, it's fine. Or, you know what, I'm, I need to go and, and, uh, make sure I get a harvest and get it on film. That way, you know, we can feed our families. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there they, some of that does play into it, but I, you know, fortunately, we we've kind of set it up to where hope, hope that shouldn't play into the situation as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a great team of guys um, that you know we're out there hunting hard, and like we we know that based on you know the amount of hunts that we do and how hard we hunt and the number of guys we got. Like, granted, you know everything obviously comes down to luck at the end of the day. Yeah, um, you got to have the animals cooperate, but. Um, we know that, you know, we should be okay. So, you know, I don't, I, I know it's, it's gotten in the, in, you know, over the course of the last 12 years, like Sean and I've had years where like, man, you just get, you, you, you almost let the stress get to you of, mm-hmm. of trying to, you know, shoot a deer and, uh, that's, that takes the fun out of it. And so we try mm-hmm. to eliminate all that if at all possible. Sure. Yeah, man. That's but, awesome. You know, like you said, it's, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, like, you know, we, we, we want to obviously produce an episode. And so like we've, you know, yeah, we've had trips where. Actually, like the last time I went out and hunted on uh, in the mountains with Tony there in Colorado on the public ground, we, um, you know, we hunted hard, hunted, hunted. I think we hunted like in the eight or nine days, and we were just, we were getting so close. Like we had everything we needed for an episode, and we were getting so close to getting these deer. I was like, man, I just didn't want to. I just I don't like giving up. I just don't. I just don't like giving up. And so we kept hunting and hunting and hunting, and finally it was like, all right, I think it's just time to pull pull the plug. You know, throw the towel in and. And, uh, so we did and, and it was, it's just tough to do mm-hmm. for me anyways. I just don't like giving up. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think you probably had enough experiences on this trip to make three or four episodes with the size <laughs> of that buck and all the big deer you saw. So yeah. <laughs> you made yeah. up for it for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that should, it should be a pretty cool episode when it all comes together. I'm looking forward to, looking forward to putting, putting that one together. And, uh, our guys are already working on, we're going to do a little, we're going to do a little highlight recap of the hunt and, uh, they're working on that now so we'll, we'll be putting that releasing that here pretty soon that's awesome man well okay so um as far as just content from you guys how what's the best way for us to see what's going on and to see that highlight reel and other things man content world is crazy right now um <laughs> we got stuff we have stuff literally everywhere and we're trying you know it's i'm waiting for the the time when one platform rises above um mm-hmm. because uh gosh man it's it's we're, we're spread thin as it is but um, our stuff's everywhere, man. We're, we're, uh, right now, the most recent stuff we're releasing now is our new episodes of behind the draw, which is our digital mini series. We, we release through YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So every uh, Sunday we got a new episode coming out, uh, of behind the draw. I think uh, episode four or five aired this week. So we got six, five or six weeks more. Um, so we do 10, 10 episodes there. So those are, those are coming out on, on, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, actually going to be uh, on Amazon prime as well. Um, and so that's the most, most recent content, but we, you know, we're putting stuff on YouTube on a regular basis. Obviously social media is the best way to kind of, uh, keep, keep up with us throughout mm-hmm. the season. We're always, you know, posting stuff there, content. Um, 
But then uh, these new episodes that we're filming this year will be on season 13 of the show uh, on Outdoor Channel next uh, next year in July. So Q3 awesome. next year will when the new season will premiere, and uh, and uh, we'll have yeah we got we just got stuff coming out all the time. So. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome man. Yeah, I, I I almost can't wait that long to see you see the the episode from what we talked about just now. But uh, Mike, I appreciate just what you guys do for the industry and the way you represent it, man, uh, you represent hunting and, and that kind of thing, man. And just the lifestyle that we live, uh, uh, you guys do a really excellent job of that, man. And, and I followed you guys for years. Appreciate you giving the time of day to us today. And, and, um, man, I look forward to watching the rest of your season. Hope that, uh, hope that it just continues to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. I appreciate you having me on. And, um, yeah, for anybody who's listening that wants to, wants to kind of see the behind the scenes, unfold uh I, I saved it to my highlight story on my on my instagram page there so you can click on the page it's right there below the profile picture all those highlights and so i got it i got it saved on there so cool you can see uh see it all go down and then we'll be releasing the highlight here shortly so all right man that's awesome we'll link to uh the behind the draw stuff we'll link to uh or we'll put mike's uh instagram handle down in the notes below as well so check out the notes and uh find all the content that we can we can find uh and that mike gives us so mike we appreciate your time in and uh good luck the rest of the season dude all right hey thanks see you guys so if you haven't seen the picture and you've heard this podcast you need to go on the instagram and look at mike's picture of this deer because it is really what like what got me going and i don't know what it is people say this and sometimes i don't believe them and then some people i'm sure this that they can relate to me here but like when a deer has a huge body which like the one we're chasing right mm-hmm. now when a deer has a huge body it, like even if the antlers aren't that big it's just something about it that just makes me think man <clears throat> that's like a special deer you know what i mean oh, they just don't get yeah. that big and they don't get that old very often and so when i saw the video of mike's deer i was like dude this animal is just an absolute specimen you know it's like when you look at jj watt you're like not everybody can be that you know mm-hmm. what i mean and that's what this buck is. So go check it out. Uh, the video that he posted like a couple nights before he killed that deer was what, like, I mean, just go through the series and look yeah, at it. Yeah, it's him, on man. his uh, his highlights on his story. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be on, I guess, that'd be season 20? No. 12 or something like that. Or, 13, something like that. Yeah. He uh, said it. been a bunch of them. Yeah, he said it in the thing. But that, he'll be next year, on next year's. Yeah. Uh, so that'll probably like be like... Uh, next summer, whenever yeah. you're really wanting to deer hunt and you can't because it's 100 degrees. But, yep, that's right. Uh, anyway, yeah, go check it out. Look at the picture. It's awesome. Uh, also, how incredible is it that he was just hunting huge mule deer, too? Oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> oh, um, which mule deer, which whitetail? I don't yeah. know. Like, but, a lot uh, of times when people are hunting mule deer, they're also like, oh, there's a 140-inch whitetail, too. That'd be kind of cool to shoot. But not often are you hunting a whitetail that's like the same size as a mule deer yeah. that you're hunting on the top. Nuts. End. Nuts, Crazy. man. Crazy. So, well, anyway. maybe we can go find the same mule deer-sized whitetail tonight. I mean, I hope at least body-wise. I'll be happy with that. Yeah. So, anyway, we got well, – this is our last hunt. We're heading out uh, in the morning, and we're going to get back after it in a few days. I'm sure we'll actually probably be hunting – in no time once we get back it's just probably be local you know yeah i mean i'm gonna try to hunt on the first for sure it's kind of my plan that morning can all right well anyway follow along with us um on social media and stuff i'm sure really the instagram stories um is what where we post our kind of day-to-day things that happen um and then as we 
know, we don't have a huge team uh, to just pump out a ton of content this time of year. We're, we're just hunting a bunch. So uh, we'll try to get it out as timely as we can and as soon to you as possible. Uh, but it may be a few days after it actually happens, and that's just what that's the world we live in so uh hopefully you guys can have a little patience and i hope that it jacks you up to see some of what's going on with us and uh remember this is your element living it i've always heard blood is thicker than water it's why she moves so slow when you look down upon her well i can see a cross and it still looks the same it's a rain I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. Riptide Armory's products are military and professionally formulated and approved, featuring a groundbreaking graphene-infused ceramic coating that is safe for all surfaces, providing unmatched protection for any firearm. Discover a new standard in gun maintenance. Order your advanced cleaning kits today at RiptideArmory.com. Riptide Armory. Relentless performance for your firearms.